There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And Sasha, happy day after International Women's Day. Yes. When we're recording. <laughs> and like gorgeous weather still. So like, it's been an amazing couple days. It's a good week. Mm-hmm. This week for me personally is a dumpster fire, but from a um, weather, all of that, very good. Yes. Yes. I actually kind of wish like the weather of this week though, could be the weather of next week. I don't know if anyone ever feels that way, but for instance, my, I can kind of already tell right now based on my schedule that my upcoming week is not as busy as this one. So I wish the like weather of like rainy and kind of cold, you know, that transition of spring kind of like having its moods. Yeah. I wish that would just be this week. Cause then I wouldn't feel bad when I'm sitting inside because I like get to look outside and I do get yeah. outside, but this is just a dumpster fire a week. <laughs> no, I feel you. I always think that at the beginning of the week, like maybe this will be a normal week and I won't work, you know, 60 hours, but <laughs> it's never, it's never that way. Next I'm, week does look lighter for me though, right now. And so I, right I now, feel you. <laughs> I'm trying really hard because I've seen a lot of people sharing this and I know that this isn't like a new t- topic, but just like not glorifying overworking and I'm trying Mm -hmm. really hard to be aware of like my own personal time and space what's been really challenging for that though and I just want to say this because if anyone listening has gone through if you're if you ever feel the same way I want you to know you're not alone Mm -hmm. uh on Sunday I went to UNO's baseball game so Nebraska Omaha played Creighton at their new field Mm -hmm. and it's a really awesome field it was a good experience for me personally. I thought they did. They, they limited the number of fans. Masks were required. I mean, it was outside. I, I didn't fully understand why all the parents were like sitting together. Like I didn't think they needed enough. Necess- there was enough space where you didn't need to be right. on top of each other, but we were nowhere near anyone else. So it was great experience, at least for me personally. Um, but I, you know, I spent like what, like three or four hours at this game. And then I ran to the grocery store. To, like I had a grocery pickup. So I picked up groceries on the way home and I don't know why, but I felt like guilty about it. And I was trying to like process that Sunday evening. Like, why did I feel bad about taking like sincerely, like a few hours where I wasn't directly attached to my computer. Right. And again, that goes back to like, we, we have to stop glorifying overworking because it doesn't make you more worthy if you work more sometimes you have to work more because that's just life but like that feeling of like I'm failing because I'm not working right now it's like it's a Sunday afternoon yeah I don't know it was just a weird thing for me to kind of have that moment of reflection where I was thinking like wow I feel guilty for doing something for myself I actually like and, and 60 hours is an over exaggeration by the way um but last week I took 
a half day on Monday and it didn't end up working out that way. I mean, I still worked eight hours. So Friday when it was slower, I was like, okay, I'm not going to feel guilty about this. I don't have anything else going on in the afternoon. I worked 40 hours this week. I'm going to go home and I'm going to unplug and I don't think anyone's going to be mad at me for it. And so I'm going to enjoy, I didn't do anything. It was a nice day Friday. I think I like went for a walk, but I just, it's so good, like for your mental health to take the time to be able to do that for yourself. If you are able to like a Sunday afternoon, if you can just unplug for the day, like it is so good to just, even if you're not doing anything, (laughs) like just do it for you. 100%. Yeah. It's so tough. Like I said, it's just, you know, and this, this feeds nicely into the fact that it, you know, Monday of the week that we're recording this was international women's day. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot that can be said about that. I, I have to just start with Laura Oakman. She is a sports broadcaster for NFL on Fox. She founded galvanize for women in sports. She is just an incredible human being, but she tweeted, on Monday, if you're celebrating and honoring women on just one day, you're not doing it right. Happy Monday. The work continues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be honest, I, I still think like where I would disagree is I think it's okay to still say like, Hey, let's, let's, um, let's honor and celebrate women on international women's day. But I think what her point was, if, if today is, if that was the only day right. that you were actively celebrating or speaking up about women and their roles, whether it's in work, at home, wherever, then you're probably not doing it right. Well, no, you aren't doing it right. So I appreciated the tweet because, you know, I know the people who actively, I know the people who actively support me. Uh, They don't need to tell me, they don't need to go out of their way. It's nice if they do, but they don't have to. I think it's just one of those things where, I remember, I remember Josh Mitchell said this to me after that yearbook story we did for Hill varsity. He said, we like, he, he was like, as a black man, I know the people who support me. I know the people who've been allies all along. I don't need them to, I, I need them to stick up for me and stand up for me when they need to and go, you know, speak up. Cause that's what an ally does. But he was like, I don't need like people to he was just trying to explain it that like sometimes when people go a little bit too far, they're trying to like basically do it for the showmanship of like right, look at me right. doing this thing. Same thing with something like international women's day. Like I don't need the performance art of it. I just, I appreciate those who were very um, kind in their words or celebrating. Like I, I mostly honestly on a day like that, like love to see just women supporting women. Like your yeah. message was so nice. Yeah. Yes. Like that was very nice. Like, Sasha called me an inspiration and that's very, or like it's called me inspiring. And I just was like, that's so nice. Cause I don't always feel like that. So yeah. honestly, I, I probably live more for like women supporting other women and on days like that. I do too. Just because I think like for men, like I'm not, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do, but like, I think that that is, I mean, being an ally is doing that all the time. It's kind of like mm-hmm. to use an analogy, like, Valentine's day. Like if you love somebody, you should show them all the time. You don't need a day to do that. Um, but I do think for women on women's day, it's really important to, because we can be very competitive with each other at times and caddy. Um, I don't think that that describes you or myself, but you see it a lot. Um, 
with other women. And I think that like using a day like International Women's Day to like hype each other up and be supportive of each other and say the things that maybe as women, we don't necessarily say to each other on a day-to-day basis is the perfect time to take advantage of a day like that and just like hype other women up and let them know how you see them in your life, whether they be an inspiration or maybe they're a light or they're somebody that you look to, to, um, if you're like, okay, my best friend's wife is to me, like the epitome of the perfect mother. Like she is a badass. And I felt, I don't think that mothers hear that a lot, mm. uh, really. So I took yesterday as a, a time to be like, Hey, like I see you and I want to be you one day when, right. you know, I, I hope and I strive to be the same kind of, I'm a stepmom, but I, I strive to be that same kind of parent that you are. And I just, I think that taking events like this, um, and I mean, it's just an opportunity to tell other people that you see them. <laughs> yeah. And I think this, it's always a good reminder, especially on a day like that, that, you know, as, as a woman, um, I certainly need to be better about celebrating other women always. And I I think I try my best, but I can always, I can always do more. It's kind of finding that balance between, um, you know, celebrating others, but also doing the work at the same time. And it's work. That is the thing to be a true ally in any form is work. It's not just to show up one day. It's not just to show up when it matters. It's, mm-hmm. it's active work. And I will say I speaking for myself, the last year, so 2020, especially really challenged me as an ally, because if you had said to me prior to the end of May, 2020, are you an ally to um, your black friends to the black community. I, I would have liked to believe that I was, but the thing that I would probably have said at that time is I probably wasn't showing up at least not enough. I still don't think I'm always showing up enough. I, I challenge myself to be uncomfortable when it makes sense. And we talked with Drake Keeler about that last week. And even he saying, you know, as a black man speaking up more and finding his voice, but like needing to be, you know, for us to do that, like he can't, he can't lead that charge alone. We have to be there. We have to speak up too. I think for, you know, especially like in my, in in our industry with sports, women in sports, it is, it is not a kind industry to women. It really is not yet. It, it's much kinder. And I think sometimes when things get better, we go, well, look, it's been solved. But the thing is, is just because it's gotten better doesn't mean it's where it needs to be or where it should be. It's just, it's improving. So we have a right. lot of work to do. So again, the word I go back to is work. It's work. What are we doing? Where are we spending our time in our communities? Where are we um, actively, like for myself, like it's really important to me. I, I donate, like it's, it's like, I, I remember like a few years ago, I was like, I can, I can afford to spend like this much money a month in a year. And I'm going to divvy it up between a few different organizations and trying to always be very actively like looking at like what makes the most sense in my community, what helps, Mm -hmm. um, you know, marginalized groups more than, than anything else. And like, that takes work. You don't just like 
go Google and be like, show me this. Like you have to show up and like, look at like, what are their, what are, what am I like actively supporting? What am I doing? And I could go on for a long time, but I just think the important word here is work. So if you're somebody who's like, I want to support women or I want to support, um, like again, like we just finished uh, Black History Month, but Black mm. History doesn't end when February is right. over. Like, how do I keep showing up for these, you know, these people that I love or these people that I know or people I don't know? And the answer is work. You have yeah. to do the work. And whatever that work looks like to you, because I think for each individual person, it's very different. Yes. Um, like, uh, you know, like, for example, somebody in my life, I know like volunteers their time. Um, Mm -hmm. I work a lot. I have, my hours are kind of crazy, so I don't necessarily have additional time to go volunteer my time. So I donate money. I do the research. I have conversations and like the work might look different to somebody else. Um, but I think just being aware of yourself and your actions and being very, um, what's the word I'm looking for deliberate in, in the things that you're doing. Um, if you're, if you're wanting to actively participate in those conversations and help to do the work, um, even just being aware and deliberate is part of doing work. I love that you brought that up. I love that because work looks different to everyone. And so like, for me, like I said, I realized I could, you know, I could donate a certain portion of money a month and I could afford to do that. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has the means or the ability at all times to donate money. And so like for me to say you should go donate money is really short-sighted because that is telling somebody to do something that they may not have the capability to do, but because they go spend their time and do the work in a different way, doesn't make how I'm doing it any better or worse mm-hmm. or different than them. I, I remember this last summer, a lot of people after the death of George Floyd, after he was murdered, uh, they, there was a lot of people who did this thing where they wanted to say, you don't know my heart. You don't know what I'm doing when you don't see it. And I agree hundred percent. The thing I always, I always want to be careful with. And I think I have to do this too, because yeah, people don't know my heart unless you know me, but don't weaponize that. So when we do the whole, um, you don't know my heart. So don't, don't judge me if you don't, don't also weaponize that so that you don't have to do the work because that's the one thing where it can be very dangerous where people go down this slope of, well, you don't know what I do. And it's like hundred percent. I, I cannot tell you what you do or don't do or how you feel or act or any of that, but like, just be careful with those words because words matter. And when you say, you don't know my heart, you don't know what I'm doing. Great. But don't then don't then get mad if somebody says, you know, what is it that you're doing? Yeah, (laughs) And and then you don't want, like, you don't know what to say because the answer is like, it could be like, I have a friend who is, um, who is very, you know, she's very religious. And so she prays a lot. She does, she does more than that. But like in her world, showing up is through, um, prayer and through showing up through, uh, community service. Mm -hmm. Like that is where her time is spent. And, I would never tell her like, that's not good. Like, don't pray prayer. Like, like she's, she's backing her prayers up by actually putting the time in too. So it's like, I, I know her heart. I know what she's doing. She doesn't need to broadcast it all over social media, but 
I just, like I said, I think sometimes it can be dangerous that some people want to weaponize that as a don't ask me further questions. Right. Well, and, and to further expand on that too, I think that, and I'm not saying everybody does this. I'm not saying a lot of people do this. I'm saying that some people do this. I think that the, you don't know my heart or I don't need to tell you what I'm doing also can become an excuse for complacency. Um, Mm -hmm. like maybe you do care about, you know, this, that, or the other, um, but you don't know how to go about maybe actively participating even in like a conversation or whatever. Cause Mm -hmm. the reason they're uncomfortable is because they're supposed to be, (laughs) um, but also not being complacent or even maybe even being paralyzed by not, um, knowing what to do. Um, I think that people get defensive because sometimes like they want to be doing something, but they don't know what or how to do that. Um, there are resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you want Google is free. Yes. Yes, it is. Also, you <laughs> can send us an email too. Like if you've got yep. questions and you're like, I don't really feel like putting this out there on social media and you just want to have a conversation, you can always email us. Mm-hmm. And that's mind your own podcast at hailvarsity.com, which we love getting your emails. And yes. I, I love that you said that. I think too, so speaking for myself, I mess up a lot. I say things where after I say it, there's a lot of times where my mouth and my brain are not in, they're not in, yeah. like my, my mouth is going faster than my brain. And so I have said many things in my life that I regret, or I wish I hadn't said it quite like that. Or I wish I could have like, I mean, I think about this moment in our last podcast, which if you haven't listened to it, we had our very first guest. We spoke with Drake Keeler. He's a student at the University of Nebraska, and he's doing some incredible, incredible work uh, for the Daily Nebraska and especially around um, their Black Lives Matter project. Mm-hmm. But I had asked him about an experience he had, and I I said it as not only I didn't. I didn't just say as a student, but also as a young black man, I just said as a student. And I feel like I had kind of taken away a piece of why it was so important that he felt a very specific, because he had a very different experience because Mm -hmm. of being a black man. And I, I, I understand, like, I actually like messaged him after and was like, I feel so bad that I didn't. And so somebody listening to this might be like, wow, you're making a big deal out of like whatever. But it was a big deal to me because I Mm -hmm. felt like I had taken a piece of what had made that experience so personal for him. Yeah. And kind of like almost undermined it a little bit. And that is just how I felt. Right. That is just how I felt. And I am going to mess up. I'm going Mm -hmm. to say things that are not right but I think we have to be willing to mess up. I think we right. have to be willing to, you know, I think if you are willing to apologize and sincerely learn from the things that you have said, mm-hmm. uh, mistakes can be okay. Um, yeah. Obviously, there are some lines uh, that, no, you don't get to just use that to go, like, say hor- horrific right. things and be like, oh, I'm sorry. Um But But I think that part of the process of doing the work of being an ally, whether, like I said, it could be any group of people, women, people of color, it doesn't, any marginalized group. Um, I think that being willing to be honest, honest enough with yourself to make those mistakes, because without 
actually being a person of color or actually being a woman or actually being a person in as part of a marginalized group of people, it is really difficult to be able to understand fully where people are coming from. Mm -hmm. But I think that being willing to kind of trudge through the murkiness of that is, is the teaching part. Like that's how you learn and understand some of the things that people are talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that being willing to be it, that also requires a little bit of vulnerability, yes. um, which I, is part of the thing that makes everything uncomfortable sometimes or can is the, like having to be vulnerable. I mean, these are sometimes horrific stories and histories that you're being required to learn about and listen to and then have conversations about. And that can, that, I mean, just saying that and like thinking about like a billion different things in my head in different situations is making me uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but being able to go through that uncomfortableness and being able to realize that you're, you're going to fumble, you're going to, you're going to make mistakes. Like that's part of the, the learning process. And to be in also, I think this is really important within this. When we talk about work, like Sasha said, please email us Mm -hmm. if you have questions. I do think it's important too sometimes, and we miss this step, and I am guilty of it, certainly, of not also trying to do some of the work ourselves, where instead of asking, so for instance, if um, a person of color says, this is the experience that I'm having, And I'm not willing to go try to understand. So one of the things that we had prompted in February was there was uh, in there are there were a ton of amazing accounts who were doing this on Instagram. But instead of saying, here's what you need to know, Mm -hmm. there was one woman who was sharing. She was a black woman who was sharing. Here's a topic that if you spend a little bit of time researching, you would have a greater understanding of like X, Y, Z. And she did that for the entire month of February. But again, it required work. So if you were going to go to her account and expect her to tell you everything, it wasn't going to happen. She was going to tell you what you should maybe go look up, but it was on you to then go do that work yourself. I think that's important too, because there are often times where I see something and don't quite understand. It's very different to come to someone and be like, look, I have tried looking this up and this is what I have found. I'm still not clear. Um, would you mind sharing your perception or your or your knowledge based on this topic and mm-hmm. the things that like I have been looking at and help maybe, you know, close that gap for me or help me understand or bridge the gap for me, yeah. whatever it might be, because we there's a lot of emotional labor that goes into so. I don't mind when somebody is like, hey, tell me about your experiences as a a woman in sports. Totally fine. I'm happy to share that. But there are times where sometimes people want me to like basically do all of the work on that. They're like, just tell me everything so I can understand. It's like, it would be nice if you could also like come to the table Mm -hmm. with some of the things that you have maybe looked up and learned so that I don't have to kind of like do all of the heavy lifting here. There's a reason people say they get exhausted because there's a lot of emotional labor that goes into explaining things. Mm -hmm. So we can do some of the work by just you know, trying to pick up some of the pieces too and say, okay, from my own research, here's what I've figured out. Um, Now share with me. I think when we talk about like International Women's Day, it's a really like, 
it's a, it's a good reminder, but it cannot be the only day that we are actively celebrating women, especially women of color. Uh, like I said, in sports, especially, I saw a lot of sports accounts talking about women in sports. And it's like, y'all better show up because here's the thing. There's a lot of hypocrisy to some of this because there were people who probably a couple of months ago were tweeting about how Sarah Fuller didn't have a strong enough kick or this or that, or they don't think women should play football, blah, 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 who were then talking about how much they supported women in sports. And I'm not talking about a specific person. I'm just saying there is hypocrisy out there. And I have to like sometimes limit myself from like seeing this stuff on Twitter because it's really damaging Mm -hmm. to my own personal psyche. But I'm promising you people, there are people out there, you, some of you listening may know them. Shit, you may have been this person at some point where you say in one breath, I support women in sports. And then you turn around and go, except for that. Right. There aren't exceptions. That's the point. You have to show up. (laughs) Either you you do support women in sports and you do support women or you don't Mm -hmm. like there isn't, there's no gray area there. No, if you're going to like, I've had, (laughs) and this wasn't recent this year. So I don't want people like, honestly, like if you go into my mentions, people are talking more about the fact that I slept at the journalism college because there was a tweet that went around about like, show me where you spent the most time in school. So like, you're not going to find anything, at least from my awareness of this last, this last international women's day of anyone being hip, you know, Mm -hmm. hypocritical. But I will say I have experienced in the past, um, where, well, I have a, I have an Instagram post from a couple of years ago that gives a really, really good example of people who will have messaged me. I will have DMs from them in my, on Instagram telling me how much they like, they think it's amazing. Like, love you doing this, love your work, love supporting you. You're crushing it. And then openly go when I say we need to hire more women, people of color in sports. If they're qualified. Only if they're qualified. Like if in, It's so bonkers to me because it's like, I never said that you should hire somebody who's not qualified. I'm just saying, and I've done this research, by the way, and I actually did a story that I almost reshared on International Women's Day, but more than 50% of journalism colleges are made up of women, but the workforce, both in sports media, but in just regular media is not that, that the women do not make up as much as what's in college, because we're actively driving women. And I'll be quite frank, women of color out of, out of media. And it's, it's even worse in sports media. Mm -hmm. So when you think of like how many graduate with a certain degree, but then that isn't being reflected in our hiring practices, it's not being reflected in our um, mentorship of these individuals. Like that's why when we had our interview with Drake, I was like, have we scared you away from this industry yet? Because it feels like so many times I've spoken with young women or young uh, people of color who are like, I don't know if I want to stick around in this industry. It feels kind of like my mental health is going to take a hit. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I'm tired of the person who in one breath goes, well, if you're not tough enough to be around here, don't be around here. But then is like in my mentions telling me how I'm doing great work. You have to like understand that this industry and it's not just this industry. There are so many industries that are male dominated that are that just 
have historically been dominated by men. And it's really hard for women to sort of find footing because like we're often having to make ourselves, you know, you can't take up too much space because you don't want to make people uncomfortable. You don't want to be too opinionated or you're too loud. (laughs) Your hands are tied. I actually had this conversation, um, like a couple weeks ago, like if you are quote unquote abrasive or straightforward, just a straight shooter as it looks very different and it's perceived very, very differently than if you were a man from, if you were a woman, if you're a woman and you're abrasive or straight up and just say how things are, you're a bitch. But if you're a male, you're the man. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about here. It's, yeah. it's the, the double standards that for women I'm talking about specifically now, like be this way, but also don't be this way because if you're too much this way, then I don't know, like you're coming on a little strong if you're a woman, but if it, that's just how you're supposed to be as a, a male and it doesn't to me, it doesn't compute it because I am one of those people. Like I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm going to be authentically me and I'm not going to like apologize for it. Like I'm okay with that, but it's taken me a long time to be okay with that and actually be myself because of Mm -hmm. the double standards, especially in this industry. There are times where I, and we've talked about this a lot on this podcast because it's the experience that we've had. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to just, I want to bring something up again, which I, I mentioned briefly in a previous episode, but I want to explain something. This doesn't bother me in the sense that like, I, I always get a little bit like hesitant to talk about any kind of criticism of me or anything I do, because I'm afraid that people are going to take that as me being like, why right. does it bother you so much? And it's like, it doesn't, but I just want to use this as an example. A lot of the criticism that I face is not that I am unintelligent, not that I don't know what I'm talking about. It's that I look a certain way or Mm. somebody doesn't like the sound of my voice or somebody doesn't like the size of my thighs, which is a literal complaint I've had brought against me. Um, There's a review of this show that you're listening to right now where the person just said, no, thank you. And they offered no further information on what do they not like. And the thing that's really hard in this space is so like when we decided to start this podcast, We wanted it to not be entirely focused around sports, Mm -hmm. but we obviously come from sports backgrounds. We work very heavily in the sports world. So it sort of fits in that gap of like sticking to sports, except when we don't want to. And to be honest, if you've been here since the beginning, we don't stick to sports very often. But I think that this podcast is so important because the the reality is sports is political. Sports is a representation of the world around us. And if we want to pretend it's not, it, we're just pulling the wool over our eyes because athletes deserve voices. The people covering these sports deserve their voices. Like this, this is not something like we're not, we're not groundbreaking here, but we mm-hmm. are in a way like kind of disrupting to a degree, at least in the Nebraska market where I can understand if you show up here and think I'm going to give you this like really big breakdown of 
Adrian Martinez over the last year, you might be going, Hey, I'd love recruiting class, <laughs> right? Like maybe you want that. And I totally respect it. But here's the thing. If, if you want some of that, I have other shows for you. I'd love to point you to, and it's not because I can't talk about those things, but again, no one ever, no one ever comes for me and goes like, you're dumb. Like it's been right. actually really interesting in the 10, in like the decade of my career so far. It's somewhere switched where people no longer insult me for having no idea what I'm talking about. They just now insult me for everything else. Right. Your voice is to this. You're too oh loud. God. You're too opinionated. You, um, you aren't enough of this. You're too much of this. And your voice is too deep. I get a lot. Really? See, I always yeah. get the, like, mine is like, um, which right now it's especially bad today, like because the tree pollen is terrible, yeah, but yeah. I'm okay with it because it's going to be like 80 degrees. But like, oh, you're too nasally or you tune this. And it's like, I have been told my whole life I talk too much. I have been told my whole life I'm too loud. Like telling a woman that she talks too much is just such bullshit because, and I love this TikTok that's going around. If you've ever heard that like example, this this guy like blew the whole thing up because he's like, it's, it's an in- inaccurate statement there was this basically pastor who started the whole um women speak twice as much as men so when men get home from work women want to talk but men have already like used all of their words in a day so it's like this is where the problems are coming from in homes (laughs) i'm sorry so people started regurgitating (laughs) yeah right they started regurgitating this as fact and i did not realize that the entire where this started which again do the work because i never spent the like i never looked it up i never like i thought it was a bullshit stat right because i was like it doesn't make any sense like whatever um but this guy on TikTok, I think I liked the video too because I was like, it's really good. He did the research. He's like, let's go look up where that, or, like, where that originated. And it originated from this like minister or pastor who just was like trying to basically make a point that like women needed to be silent and like stay in the kitchen. And the, yeah. it's funny. I just said this. I just want to point this out. <laughs> um, but I'll come to that. Come back to the kitchen comment here in just a second. Um, but yeah, this is this is the thing is like a lot of like women have been told this, this and this. Now, if you're somebody who's like, well, I'm critical of men and I like blah, 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 blah. I also am willing to make fun of the weight of a, a male colleague of yours. Um, no, don't do that either. Right. Like that. No, that's not the point. That's not the direction. Don't call me an on equal opportunity work. offender. <laughs> right. Like, don't do that to anyone. <laughs> like, I love I have had people tell me that before. where They're like, well, I'm critical of men, too. And it's like. Oh, you're not don't. saying what you want to say. <laughs> so sensitive sentiment, but no, but you went the wrong mean. way. We wanted you to do the other direction. <laughs> um, did you see it by the cha- by any chance on International Women's Day? What happened with Burger King? Uh, uh, what the hell? So yes. you did. Okay, I, I saw it and I didn't even I did not bother reading the comments <laughs> because I was like, who what on earth possessed you? Or mm-hmm. made you think this was a good idea. So I just want to say this is an example of why you need women or people of color on your marketing teams yes. or your advertising agencies, because this came from the Burger King UK account. Um, and I want to just point something else too. I, having had it, having an advertising degree, I promise you this entire campaign was developed by like an ad agency, but it is not 
the individuals who are like the social media managers of this account, like they're like Burger King, like, this is what's wild. Burger King will have like its own, own social media managers, but then they still work with like an advertising agency. So I just want to point out that these poor social media managers who probably had no say in this had no, probably any idea, like exactly what was happening, <laughs> had to basically clean up this mess. Yeah. Um, but Burger King UK tweeted women belong in the kitchen. So <laughs> but that but, was, okay. it was a standalone standalone tweet, standalone tweet. Now they threaded this tweet, but they weren't in order. So I want to point <laughs> out that like the next tweet, I think came pretty closely after, but the third tweet came two hours later. So it's not like, you it's not schedule, like you, you know? opened the tweet and immediately had all the information available to you. <laughs> so like the thing that's popping up on your timeline is women belong in the kitchen. I just want to point out, they got ratioed into oblivion. Mm-hmm. So what they said in follow-up is, if they want to, of course, yet only 20% of chefs are women. We're on a mission to change the gender ratio in the restaurant industry by empowering female entrepreneurs or female employees with the opportunity to pursue a culinary career. And again, the tweet then two hours later, we are proud to be launching a new scholarship program, which will help female Burger King employees pursue their culinary dreams. You could have made it a tweet. All they had to do was say... Only 20% of chefs are women. We are on a mission to change that. Everything before that, they didn't need. Women belong in the kitchen. Who in their right mind looked at that and was like, yes. Except for they knew it would get a lot of attention. But there's a, I I hate the term. You can go about it in a different way. Well, I hate the term that like, any news is good. Like any good news is good news in the sense of like, it creates like conversation. No, no, no. No. And I just want to point out this one wasn't quite as bad, but the NCAA's March Madness account also tweeted. And this one didn't get deleted, by the way. This one still exists out there, but I want to point something out about it. So they tweeted in honor of International Women's Day, Andy Katz ranks the top combined men's basketball and NCAA women's basketball programs this season in Katz ranks. So my favorite response was the woman her name is Allie, responded, in honor of National Women's Day, here's how we make this still kind of about men. <laughs> like, <True> though. <laughs> but the thing that's the, the thing that's wild to me is I'm like, oh, they're totally getting roasted. Like, they're totally getting roasted for this tweet, right? Because I see, like, one woman who's like, yeah, you guys still made it about yourselves. Mm-hmm. The comments are pretty much not it's mostly people disagreeing or not disagreeing, like agreeing or disagreeing with the rankings themselves. Like not even like, it it seems like since I looked yesterday, more people are responding in the way that I thought that they would originally, but this is part of the problem. (laughs) So there are a lot of men in the comments who are not saying anything offensive, but they're just like, well, what about this school? What about this school? And it's like the fact that those individuals are looking at this tweet and it doesn't say any like they're just like nope this makes sense that kind of stinks because this is the point of like this list is a good list it's an it's an interesting topic but on international women's day they could have just shared this tweet without making it in honor of anything it could have just been like Andy Katz is ranking his top you know combined men's and women's teams and here's the ranking to add in in honor of international women's day just felt like a really like cheap way of trying to get oh we put our tweet out about international women's day like 
you can't don't two birds one stone it like that's that's but that's what it felt like yeah yeah so long story short a lot of brands continue to struggle with what to do with holidays yeah um I am not in any way saying that I or Hale Varsity or anything are perfect with it, but like I usually approach things from a point of view that if we don't have a legitimate like reason to tie ourselves to something, it really doesn't need to. Like I, I really don't think on like September 11th, uh, come and go probably doesn't need to tweet a photo of the like the towers and talk about like how, like, this isn't the thing is like, it just, it's a, it's a brand at the end of the day, it's not a person. And so I think there's a difference between the people and the brand who are doing things. And so like, again, the March Madness account really didn't need to make this in honor of international women's day. You, you bring some men's basketball and women's basketball programs. That's fine. Just tweet that. Oh yeah. It's, You see it a lot, like with, I mean, I don't know how or, or what that conversation looks like to, um, help brands out in that department. I kind of like, and maybe this is insensitive or not the right thing, but if you, if it seems like it's not right, maybe just don't put it out there. Like you don't have to put something out for every single holiday like you kind of mentioned you know like if you if it doesn't if you have to put out a tweet that says women belong in the kitchen because you think that that's participating in the conversation like any press isn't good press like no that's a a friend of mine called it attention economy and that made a lot of sense to me it's just like it's just grabbing attention for the sake of it and yeah especially with like how social media has evolved where I feel like Mm. people are. So do you remember like when, when Twitter first like came on the market in like 2008 or whatever, like Mm -hmm. it was really weird when a brand would get on it because it was like, I'm really only here to see like what Ashton Kutcher is eating for breakfast. Like, what are you doing here? There'd always be that brand that like shows up like the meme with the skateboard. that's like, how do you do fellow kids? (laughs) Um, That sort of shifted in like the early 2010s where brands kind of started to feel like people. And I, I yeah. still try to feel like Hill Varsity, in my opinion, I want it to still have that feel, but I would say over the last few years, especially the trust in like brands has diminished again, where it's kind of like, I, it would be great if you weren't here. <laughs> right. Uh, so you have to be very careful with like, not just doing stupid shit for the sake of doing it. Right. And like, again, International Women's Day showed that once again, where people just want to like use the hashtag. They you just want to jump in on it on the conversation, just to you know, but hopefully get something that blows up, good mm-hmm. or bad, like good or bad. It could be good. It could be positive. Doesn't need could to be, be. <laughs> but you have to do the work to make yes, it positive. Yes, yes. There's full circle. Oh, well. There's so much like, here's the thing. The best part is, is like we, I, this was really inspired by international women's day, but you know, we talk about this quite a bit. So again, this isn't a surprise to anyone who's listened to this podcast from the beginning. (laughs) Um, but one thing I had said to Sasha before the podcast started too, and I just, this was kind of a wild thing for me to really think about was that this week, one year ago is when the world really started to shut down. In fact, when you are listening to this podcast, if you listen on the day that it releases, 
uh, that would have been the day when Nebraska would have been playing in the Big Ten tournament and Fred Hoiberg had to leave because there was a concern over the potential that he might have had COVID because he fell ill. Uh, they took two football players on the team to Indianapolis or was it in Chicago? I don't remember now what one year ago was. Um, they stopped the Creighton Big East yeah. game at halftime and it never resumed. It's weird and wild to think that that was one year ago and to think what the world looks like now. Mm. I was, uh, I was just ha- having this conversation. I think I said it last night. I was like, Hey, remember a year ago when we thought this was going to only be two weeks. That was a year ago, a year ago, one full year ago. Yep. I remember sitting, so it would have been um, Thursday of this week, going to pro day and sitting. I was, <laughs> I had uh, Colin Miller because so the way that pro day, at least in pre-COVID times worked is they, you could sit up in like, you can't be on the field, but you can sit up and kind of be in these like elevated seats so that you mm-hmm. can see what's going on. And I was sitting right next to Colin Miller. And then I think Ben Stilly was on his side. And I remember I had this like little bottle of um, hand sanitizer and Colin Miller being like every so often being like, can I get some of that? <laughs> and like, we thought like, we're not wearing masks, nothing like COVID was certainly present in that room, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're just like so naive to think that this little bottle of Purell is going to like <laughs> save us sure. all. Um, but I remember I ran into like uh, Freedom, who was previously on the team, and he was like, oh, no handshakes, elbows. And yeah. but we're still like, it right was a next- joke then. And now it's straight up like my no touching owns his own company and sometimes forgets like they'll meet outside. He does um, mm-hmm. outdoor patios and stuff. So they'll meet outside and it's automatic to stick your hand out still. You're a human being. Yep. And he had a customer the other day that was like, uh, no. And he was yep. like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. I, I, I didn't mean any offense. Like you're apologizing for trying to shake someone's hand now. <laughs> I did that last fall. I was at a Bellevue West football game. And after the game, I went to go speak with their um, head coach and stuck my hand out. And he kind of like looked at me for a second and I, he starts to like reach for my hand. Cause it's like such a natural thing where it's like, I guess because your hand is out and we both had this moment of like, Whoa, pull up. <laughs> whoa, and I mean, whoa. he, he had just played a full football game. Like yeah. shaking my hand probably wouldn't have been like the worst thing, but like at the same time, it's like, you know, a lot has changed in the last year. And here are my predictions for everyone. Who's like, Aaron, what do you think sports are going to look like? I went to UNO's baseball game on Sunday and I thought the experience was great. If you get a chance to go to a sporting event that is outside right now, whether it be soccer, softball, um, baseball, whatever, if the team is doing a good job to make sure that like people that like capacity is limited, Mm -hmm. do it. Outdoor sports right now seem like a great idea, especially with limited capacities. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that like fans will be in the stands for football season. I I don't agree. The world, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. People are getting their vaccines. I feel very hopeful that life is going to start to look more like normal, although what normal looks like normal, in the future. Now normal. Yeah. <laughs> right. Some things like I have a gut feeling we're never going to probably shake hands quite like we did before because people are still going to be like, yeah, that's kind of gross. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think I'm, I'm ready for a world where sports looks more normal, mm-hmm. but 
again, I think, I think the last year really reminded me of why I do what I do, which is that I do it for the people, not for the game itself or any of this. And as long as the people are safe and okay, that's all that matters to me. It's all that's ever mattered to me. And I know that there are a lot of people who are like, you just don't want sports to be played. No, I just want the sports. I want the athletes who make the sports possible. I want them to be okay. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to soon being able to say, we've, we've at least gotten to the other side. We still have work to do. Yeah. But we've gotten to the other side to a degree. I'm really, I'm like, honestly, the nice weather has helped immensely I think um I was struggling for a minute I was Mm -hmm. just I was not I was just not freaking okay I just wasn't um the nice weather has helped um I do I do think that I agree with you there will be fans of some kind in stands for football specifically before then I think it'll be limited capacity I don't even know that like a place like Memorial Stadium would be at full capacity at that point I don't, I don't think, know how you shove 90,000 people into a space. I really space don't see. I think it's probably like 25%, 30%. Which hey, is better than none. Right, exactly. Um, but I, I do think like the new normal is a little different. Um, like mm-hmm. honestly, <laughs> a mask doesn't even bother me. So like flu season. And I think that this will be a thing now, just like the flu season that we have to deal with every mm-hmm. year. Um, you'll have to get your vaccine. Um, things like that, because these things do mutate. That's why you have to get a different flu shot every year. Mm -hmm. But I think that things like masks and hand-washing and just general hygiene are going to continue to happen. Like, uh, which sounds bizarre to me and like to have to say out loud, pretty gross, to be honest with you, but you know, like if you think about the amount of things you touched and what other people may have touched without washing their hands before, yep. it seriously grosses me out. And I've never been a germaphobe in my entire life, no. but I think that things like that and, and like mass wearing around the seasonal, when the flu and COVID are going to happen every year are going to be a, a part of life. That doesn't bother me. I don't care. As long as people are safe. I'm, I'm cool with whatever we have to do, but I am so excited to freaking see people in person again. Well, and really quick before we wrap this podcast up for this episode, I'm glad that you said what you did though, because like just seeing people is good for our mental health, but also like the weather outside. Like, I'm, I'm glad that you said that, like, you know, I was same boat, like just really feeling like I wasn't in a good place, but, Mm -hmm. um, a lot has been said and a lot will continue to be said. I'm sure you've seen it. People listening have seen it on your timeline, whether you care or not. So I'm going to tell you what the one thing I want you to care from this. Uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry did an interview with Oprah. Again, a lot of commentary yeah. has been had, will be had. But I, the one thing I would like our audience to take from that is Meghan spoke about her mental health and how she got to a really scary point for her where she was afraid to be left alone because she was afraid of what she would do. Now, the reasoning for that and everything, she goes deeper into it. But I want to point out how amazing it was that she spoke openly about her mental health. But I also want to say, if you are somebody or you know anyone who is like, how could she be sad? She's so wealthy. She's got everything she needs. Wealth and everything in the world does not mean somebody cannot be sad. And it can. It does not mean somebody cannot have depression. It does not mean that your brain cannot be unhealthy. Our brains are muscles just like anything else and they can yes. get sick. Um, I think we have to stop. I Mental think we have health to keep... is the one thing on this planet that does not discriminate. It does not. And we way. have to stop um, 
we have to stop treating people who are wealthy or who are um, in a different position than us. Like, how could you possibly feel this way? Because we don't know what people are going through. In fact, even in the Omaha community, um, Mayor Jean Stothert's yes. husband seemingly died by suicide. And you just don't know what people are going through. So show each other kindness and love, show each other grace. And um, thank you to Megan for speaking out on it. Like, I don't know if she's a listener of this podcast, but I assume she is because it's the best <laughs> podcast around. Um, but no, I mean, when people like Megan Markle speak up and say, I wasn't okay, I'm still not okay. I'm working on it. Right. It opens a door for so many people who felt like they couldn't be okay. Right. And if you are struggling in any capacity, um, whether we be with depression or just not feeling okay, don't feel ashamed to reach mm-hmm. out and we can put some resources, um, in the show notes and in the description of the podcast, don't, don't let your mental health go unchecked. Please. Yeah. You are too. And you are so important. This world needs you. Yes. I promise you that I, even if I have never met you, I promise you that the world needs you. And there are people who love you so, so, so very much. And even in the- Your light is needed by somebody else and you may not know it. Yeah. It's, we are, we are all in this together, whether it feels like it or not. And so again, you will hear all kinds of commentary and everything around that. But that is the one thing I would love for people to take from that entire interview was that she was willing to open up and share a little bit about where she was at. And I think that's such an amazing thing because there is, there are so many people out there that I hope see that and go, I'm not alone. And you're not, I promise you, you're not. And we're certainly grateful for you. So thank you. Thank you for being here. We love you. Please email us at mindyourownpodcast at hillvarsity.com. We will we'll have we'll have any conversation if you're willing uh, to have it. Make sure you subscribe to the show. If you subscribe on one platform, go subscribe on another. It really helps. Hey, um, double whammy. Double whammy. I subscribe on like basically everything this is available to you and have taken like people's phones that I know and like make them subscribe to everything. <laughs> so uh, really appreciate all of you. Um, yeah. Thank you for being so kind about our first guest episode of, of this show. If you have suggestions for the future, reach out. We'd love yeah. to hear them. I'm at Erin Sorensen on Twitter. She's at Sasha72. And we will be back in another week. Bye. Bye. A Huda Media Production.